edition of the Celtics Lab, where today we are trying to figure out how to unfuck the Celtics vibe. Uh, no other way to say it, folks. The vibes have been a little fucked. Uh, we've had back-to-back bad losses to the Pistons and the Wizards, uh, and things are not all necessarily great in Greentown. And to unfuck the vibe, Got a very special guest here, uh, the Archmage of Weird Celtics Twitter himself, the Riffs Man. How are you doing, Riffs? I'm beautiful, man. I'm having a good time. I'm really glad to be on here with you guys. Uh, it's cool, man. I'm just having a good time. Thank you. Lit. Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, Dr. Quinn is not here today. It's his birthday, and he is celebrating, as is his right. So it's me. Happy Alex. birthday. Yes. Happy <laughs> birthday, Dr. Quinn. So it's me, Alex, with your boy Cam Tabatabai. How are you doing today, Mr. Cam? Uh, I'm not as enthusiastic as the Riffs man, as you and I were just discussing. <laughs> I'm trying to talk myself into taking the long view with the Celtics and feeling positive, but I have like a page of notes that just end with, eh. So I'm okay. Thanks for asking. No problem. Happy to ask. So for those of you who are listening to the pod who may not know who the Riffs Man is, first off, you should just go and follow him on Twitter. It's uh, guaranteed good tweets coming into your feed. Uh, just do it. You thank me later. Um, Riffs Man is kind of a figure of lore in weird, weird Celtics Twitterverse. Uh, if you've ever used the nickname Time Lord to describe Robert Williams, that's a Riffs product. Uh, the same can be said of Smarf for Marcus Smart and various other nicknames. And he's just kind of been a figure in the discourse for a minute. So we're glad to have him on to get a kind of state of weird Celtics Twitter among other things. But uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. So um, recent goings on with the Celtics and just the league generally, Aside from Bill Russell being forced to chide uh, the most useless and pathetic legislative body in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, Rightly so. Rightly <laughs> so. Birthday, absolutely <laughs> Chad move from Bill. Um, that, so we've got that going on. Uh, we've got uh, all sorts of chaos happening in the world today. Uh, I guess Joe Biden mains Luigi now. I don't know what's going on there. Um, and I always it, saw him as more of a Waluigi type figure. <laughs> wait, Waluigi, wait, Waluigi is awesome. What are you talking about? <laughs> Joe Biden yeah. is a Star Fox. Let's be honest. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so we've got, yeah, just chaos in the world. Um, and it's affecting the Boston Celtics. Uh, Jason Tatum earlier today was interviewed for a press conference in which he described uh, how he is still struggling from his return from the coronavirus. Uh, he is mm. occasionally having issues breathing. Uh, Jalen Brown is perhaps the heaviest loaded player in the league right now. Or yes, no pun intended. <laughs> um, he's got tendonitis in his knee. Marcus Smart uh, is still in the process of reassembling his calf with paper clips and duct tape. Um, and yeah, the Celtics roster is kind of in a dire state. What do we think? I think it's all part of the past, man. We uh we survived a lot in the past, and I think we can survive a lot now. You know what I mean? Like, this team is molded in hospital Celtics. Like, this is what we know. And I think, uh, I think we're all panicking in some part because, like, so many of the things that blew up in the ECF and, like, other various, like, endeavors in our quest for a title – uh, are like rearing their ugly head again. And so I think we all should just chill out. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I realize like in so many ways because of how awful things are right now for everybody that we're all just stressed out. And like, we're all really like, we're, we're dealing with this gigantic global cycle, psychic trauma. And basically the only thing on, the only thing we can look at that isn't like a mound of bodies or like, our economy just becoming dilapidated is basketball. And so we're like, we're channeling all of our force into like, okay, is this result going to make me feel better today? And I just, I just look at the season and I don't think there's anything about it. That's great. Uh, I had COVID, you know, I was one of, I feel like, 
I feel like I was one of the first people who had it. Like me and my friend uh, Yard, uh, James Yardley, who got we went to a, a Hornets game together, and then we both got sick like sometime soon afterwards. And I was hospitalized. My uh, my oxygen uh, saturation percentage was like 91, 92, something like oh, that. Bro. Jesus. And this is like right before it all exploded. It was actually the the week before uh, Kobe's helicopter accident happened, and uh, and basically, when I saw that like Rob and Tatum are like fatigued, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I've lost like fifty pounds since I had it. You know what I mean? And so uh, I'm really not. I no longer do I need them to like perform well to feel better about it. I just want them to be healthy and to uh you know let's just get through this season (laughs) you know what i mean and i hope they all get better i think i think as we all get better things are going to get better you know what i mean like kemba's going to get better uh he's gimpy uh robert and and, uh tatum are going to get their conditioning back together jalen's we need to lower jalen's workload i think so that nothing bad happens to him I feel I feel passionate about using like the TPEs so that there's not like a uh, a workload burden upon all of them. But overall, if we just relax and try to have fun together, I think things are going to get better in Celtics land. Mm. Oh, I love that riffs. Yeah, I mean Kemba's only played twelve games still. It's this is a still an incomplete. You can't really put a grade on this season um, because we still don't know what smart Kemba, Jalen, and Jason look like together. Mm. Um, and I think you're so right. I've been really frustrated and annoyed with kind of sports discourse overall, because I think uh, Jason kind of gave the game away and saying, I can't, I'm not breathing correctly when I'm playing mm. basketball. And so we're trying to come up with all these heady, uh, intelligent reasons why, well, the fit isn't wrong or, well, they're ranked whatever in defense or blah, 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 blah. And there's a global pandemic going on. This is a, a young person, the, a peak athlete, who can't breathe straight because he had COVID. And mm. so our expectations for whether it's Westbrook or Tatum or any player or any person who's had COVID uh, from an athletic perspective, I mean, I don't know why we're not leading conversations with that, but more importantly, you know, I, I think you're right as fans, there's this existential dread in the world, this collective grief, this collective panic, um, we're tired. And so we sports doesn't feel as fun maybe for a lot of us imagine how the Mm. players feel um so this emotional perfection that we're expecting out of our players aside from the fact that they also catch covid like anyone else it's just i think we've kind of lost our our sensibilities and trying to have conversations about not just the celtics but sports more broadly um and then shelving all of that because that's what we're supposed to do they just haven't played that many games together so it is an incomplete project uh, I just a glance at the schedule. They have, I think, ten more games between now and that stupid cursed All Star weekend. And mm-hmm. They'll probably go five hundred in that stretch. They play the Clippers. They play the Raptors. They play a few. Uh, they play the Hawks three times. Um, so I bet the Celtics will continue to be five hundred until at least after the All Star game, and that's mm-hmm. going to earn a lot of doom and gloom from the, folk, the good folks on Boston radio and the like. And yeah, riffs. I think you have the the right mentality. Like, let's hold our let's not hold our breath. Let's relax and let's just try to enjoy watching and playing basketball because it's not that important. And also, they have plenty of time to put it together. Oh yeah, it's like even at the end of the day, like I just want to get to the playoffs. Just period. Let's get there. There's going to be either some fans or no fans, depending. Right. And. uh I believe in the playoff chops that our guys have. Jason and Jalen have been through so many. I mean, when you talk about going through wars, like Jason, Jalen, and mm-hmm. Marcus have been through everything that you can see. They've experienced so much in such a short period of time in their careers that I think when you get to the playoffs, that matters a whole lot. And uh, and I've, I've just like just talking about like what an abnormal circumstance this is for so many people, like uh. Like I joke about Jeff and Tristan because that's like a way to just like, I don't know, just like reckon with the absurd of everything and kind of mm-hmm. like keep the, the mood light. But those guys didn't play basketball for like a year or more. Yeah. yeah. So or at least it's not consequential basketball. Yeah. I mean, if you played 
in Minnesota and Cleveland last year. It's not consequential. But, but yeah. uh, while we're in the, I mean, riffs we have you on, we're in the weeds of Celtics Twitter. So the whoever's yeah. listening, they only ha- they only know so much. What the hell is De- who the hell is Demarco? <laughs> that, uh, that was. I think I think somebody just took that as a joke because it's his middle name, and that was like like burners were like the hot topic of the, that the was, day. I, I, I'm going to jump the gun. We're going to talk about the state of Celtics Twitter later, but that yeah. might be the the lone bright spot for this year. Is <laughs> Demarco? If you're out there, second to Janos, you're my favorite. Uh, I think my single most liked post in the history of my Twitter account, which has now been running for something like 12 years with almost no engagement, <laughs> was a meme that I made regarding the DeMarco fiasco. So really proud of that. Uh, one. Happy that worked out for me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not it's not Jeff, but I, I <laughs> well, just think, that. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen I've never seen anybody forget how to play basketball quite like Jeff. And I think he'll get it together at some point. But I like love that you're on a first name basis with him, and that his name's Jeff. <laughs> oh, this is, the, the Celtics are my family, man. I'm, I'm a, we're all a part of this big dysfunctional family, and that's the fun of it. Well, Riff, like, can I embarrass you in like a big, big way? Oh no! Oh, absolutely, go for it, baby. <laughs> so Alex and I met at uh, we're, we both are teachers, and we were at Tufts together. And a couple classes in, I think Alex looked over my shoulder, and he saw that I was looking at a tweet that you wrote. And he, oh, was yeah. like, he was like, oh, you like the Celtics? <laughs> and so, yeah, we are just one big, super weird family. It is true. Yeah, man. That's uh, Every time I hear that, like, in some way, like, what I've written about the team or, like, tried to foster in the community, every time I hear that, like, people have become friends out of it, that's really heartening to me. And that's all I hope for. In many ways, yeah. the Riffs Man is uh, the creator of this iteration of C-Lab. Just hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on and boost and I've known Cameron through Twitter. I've known you a little bit less, but now yeah. we know each other, which is great. And we can be friends and like, I don't know, that's just all I hope for is that people can come together and have fun watching it. And it can be like a jam session and every game has something within it that is transcendent and unique and beautiful because the game is that and that's all i hope for is that people come together and see that absolutely and speaking of that beautiful segue into my next point so speaking of beautiful things and otherwise not uh ideal games uh what do we think of marcus smart's debut as a commentator dude he's gonna be the next tommy i feel it he's Mm. he's got such a calm dulcet tone about him that i love yeah. And like he get, I don't know, the genuine excitement when he saw that play developing between <laughs> like, uh, between PP making that steal and then Tatum throwing up the oop for Javante. There was just something like electric about that and beautiful. He has such a beautiful presence about him. And I think he just like defines what it means to be a Celtic in every single way. In a lot of ways, he basically manufactured an eight-point swing, as far as I could tell when I was watching yes, that game. Yes, he did. <laughs> That's pretty That's cool. his life force. He is a human swing, good or bad. He is, like, when he's aligned, everything happens. He has, like, this ability to see things before they happen that is, like, unique to him. Because I've seen stars do it, but I've never seen a role player really do it. I think he has real potential to be like a Tony Romo level commentator, just like oh, yeah. reading plays before they happen, making stuff happen through sheer force of will. It's I, I think it could be like a really important development for this team's future. And I really hope that, you know, he can be uh, the answer to what I think has been perhaps the most depressing feature of the Celtics broadcast, which is uh, Scal. I am the biggest Scal hater in the world from a broadcasting standpoint. I think I'm, I'm fine with Scal the player and the meme, but Scal the broadcaster does not do it for me. Uh, I've, had, I've had moments of like, I wish he would be nicer to Abby. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Abby's a wonderful professional and very good at what she does. And like, I don't know. I think we're all equals and like being an ex player is like a weird thing to navigate like ego wise, but like, yeah. I, I just, I just hope, uh, I just hope it gets better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it ain't been great. And it's hard to replace Tommy Heinsohn. We all, we all love Tommy. He's like our, our, like our kooky belligerent grandpa who we all love. <laughs> and like, he's gone now. And like, how do you replace someone that 
wonderful in all of our lives. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's a, that's a difficult shoes to fill in. So I give him a little bit of slack, but also it's just been, the energy has just not been as great. No. I mean, I think, I think Scal is a really good guy. I mean, he's, he was always nice to me when I covered the game. Um, but unfortunately, like, some people just don't have the same confidence or gift to gab. And mm-hmm. I think Marcus, he's just so emotionally gregarious and authentic. And that's what's so, that was so great with Tommy was he, I mean, he was a professional commentator for many, many years. Let's not pretend like he wasn't one of the best in the business, but he mm-hmm. also knew how to spit and just be in the moment and real. And uh, I just did some back of the napkin math. Uh, Tommy Heinsohn was in the Celtics orbit for like 63 years. Mm. Can you imagine if Marcus Smart is commentating Celtics games in like the 2070s? Oh <laughs> I'd love, I'd love that so much, man. And like, <laughs> also I'd say this about uh, Scal is like, like the one thing I, <laughs> I've noticed is every time he rags on a player, that dude just absolutely lights our ass up. Like, <laughs> like it's, as soon as he started saying stuff about Blake Griffin, he just went like he just went hard as hell from three point, and he started getting charges and stuff like that. Uh, I, the thing, so... I, the thing, the thing I loved about Tommy man is he believed in every single draft pick. That's like yeah. part of the thing I've incorporated into our Twitter thing is like I love the role players and I love the draft picks because I want to believe in all of them that they're going to be great. Mm. And yeah. so I find unique things about them to joke about and stuff like that. But that's all Tommy. Like like Tommy was like a huge inspiration for that. And uh, I think Tommy was overwhelmingly positive and like he loved fast basketball and those are things I, I I'm trying to incorporate. He oh, would have loved Peyton. Dude, he would have loved Peyton Pritchard, loved man. Pritchard. <laughs> oh, my God. It would be just night after night. <laughs> Dude, the way he pushes the tempo and, like, just, like, wants to ignite a break, Tommy would have lived for that, man. Yeah. yeah. I've, it hasn't – correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Pritch hasn't been punched in the face yet? Not yet. It's coming. Yeah, it's oh, coming. It's, it's coming. <laughs> we haven't – we've played CP3, but uh, I'm trying to think who would be a good one I mean, to Draymond's... freak out on a Draymond's looking to kick him right in the narns, I bet. It's entirely possible. Dude, I bet when we play Reggie Jackson, or not Reggie Jackson, <laughs> when we play when we play the Clippers again in Boston, things are going to explode. <laughs> yeah. Like, the energy between Pritchard and Marcus Morris and uh, Patrick Beverly is going to be so crazy when that happens. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, I just, I, I miss Tommy a lot, you know. Yeah, big time. If, if things feel incomplete without him, and he was such a big part of everything, he was a part of every single championship. That's so. true. Yeah, Tommy, obviously the great one, you know, just a staple of the franchise for generations and sorely missed both this season and I imagine many seasons to come. Uh, but, you know, I think it's a real good point that he definitely would have loved guys like Peyton Pritchard who just like try really hard on a night to night basis. Even if it doesn't necessarily work out, you can see the effort coming off of that guy. And, oh, yeah. You know, we've got so the Celtics rotation has been decimated by injuries and COVID all year. And at the same time, we've had a lot of these kind of role players be asked to take on burdens. Uh, that are kind of much bigger than their typical role. You know, you see Peyton Pritchard is getting like 20, 30 minutes a game some nights. I mean, Semi Ojale hit like 15 threes the other day, I think, something like that. Uh, you know, Carson Edwards, even Aaron Neesmith, when he does play, uh, has shown some promise, particularly on defense. I think he's looked a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a take I've seen flying around lately is that, and, you know, as as Celtics Labs reaction, resident reactionary doomer, occasionally I, I will fall victim to this. Uh, the take is that Danny Ainge might have not done super hot in this draft. What do we think about that? Uh, well, I think it's the draft. The draft is difficult. Uh, I, I, I follow the, uh, I think there are a lot of really great draft people out there. Uh, Max, Carlin, Ben Pfeiffer, uh, Jackson, uh, Frank. I think they're a lot more knowledgeable people than I <laughs> out there. You know what I mean? And uh, I think I, I don't know what Nesmith is going to be. Uh, I, I always kind of saw that it's like a project because he was unhealthy uh, in college at the end of it, uh, kind of in the same way that Romeo is. Uh, 
but I think that we got a really good rotation player in Pritchard and uh, I think, I think Desmond Bain would have, would have been great for us. I think Tyrese Maxey would have been great for us. I'm happy for those guys. Uh, uh, also, uh, Sadiq Bay, who just roasted us. Uh, but at the same time, guys are as good as their opportunity. Uh, Peyton has been good as, as good as his opportunity. Uh, I think Nasmith has been limited because he's a little bit behind defensively, which I mean, Jalen was and still has his moments, <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's a long game and I try not to uh, beat up on them so specifically because like, I mean, you come into this with no summer league, no training camp. I think it's remarkable what Peyton has done. And a lot of that is like his veteranness having stayed in college. Not that I think that's a virtue. I think everybody has their own path to get into the NBA, but uh, the things that were part of his path have made him uh kind of fearless as a shooter and like ball mover. Uh, there's very little hesitancy in anything he does. And I think that's really great. Uh, whether or not we could have had a better draft. I mean, you never know who would have wanted to do deals with us. I mean, I personally wouldn't want to do deals with Danny on any level, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, it's all, it's all a longer game than I think the first portion of a season. Especially this season. Oh, this season's so whack. No, I mean, I love Pritchard. I want to see him do the Sam Cassell big balls dance sometime because I think yes. he just has a oh, great yes. body shape for it. It's like kind of a weird intangible. Um, yeah, I hate revisionist history when it comes to the draft. Like, oh, what if the Celtics had drafted this guy? Well, we don't know, and it doesn't matter. Uh, I think situation really matters. Um, I don't think Nesmith isn't playing because he can't. I think it's just Brad Stevens is really hard-pressed to play rookies unless – you know, circumstance forces his hand a la Grant Williams or, or Pritchard. Um, and yeah, Riffs, I mean, you're right. It's, they're children and it's been like 25 games. I mean, we're not really able to say anything definitively about these people. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to go into Minnesota or Cleveland or something where the stakes don't matter and there's, there aren't perennial all-stars in your way. Uh, so you can get shots up. You can kind of do what you need to do. So uh, I don't think that Ainge does have that strong of a draft record. I mean, he mm-hmm. the hits the hits have been great. Obviously, we love the hits. Yeah, but some of the misses are pretty loud. But yeah. this year, I just it's an, it's another incomplete for me. Um, I have this is such a bad this is such bad po- podcast form to talk about photos, but uh, just uh, my computer background. I just have a few screenshots that I haven't deleted. And one is uh, Nesmith in that checkered suit with like a big thumbs up and a smile. And oh, yeah. I mean, anytime I go to do work and it, it makes me very happy. So whether or not he's a bust on the court, he's been bringing joy to my life almost every day. Yeah, he seems like a really sweet guy. Uh, I hope it comes together. Like I, I root for all of these guys to get it together. I think that's the, the main thing is like, I don't know. I think sometimes when we evaluate stuff, we get into this uh, wanting to be right stage. But I mean, they're all human beings and we all go through our ups and downs and like learning curves. It's like, like if I was, ex- ex- is, is, I, I'm not as good at guitar when I was 20. I was a disaster. Now I feel pretty good about it in my path. And like, there were things you have to learn along the way to get to that point of actualizing who you are. So I think when we look at rookies and stuff like that in draft classes, I give it time. Like, uh, I mean, J- Jalen got booed on draft night. He's a superstar. Uh, I I didn't know how to feel about uh, Tatum over Fultz. Like, I'll be very, very, like, honest. I did not. I loved Fultz in college, and I think he's still becoming a good player. Uh, sorry to hear that. He, I mean, obviously with his knee and stuff. But, uh, but, I mean, so many things happen in, like, you're as good as your opportunity. And guys grow into it, and some guys don't and it's not meant to be, but we'll see. It'll, it'll take a little bit of time. I think that's a really good point. Uh, make sure to check out the licks that Riffs Man posts on his Twitter every now and then. They're good licks, and I know that. Oh, thank you, dude. I also play a little guitar here and there. Um, we wait, all Alex, are just dabbling the in the form. I, we all I, just I, dabble, man. <laughs> everybody's dabbling. I mainly play bass, but uh, I just got a nice little Telecaster that's sitting next to me, and I'm kind of learning how to play it. That's my favorite type. Of, what kind of Telecaster is it? Uh, 
It's a it's a this kind of Telecaster. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I got it from my buddy Nick, who uh, got an even better Telecaster, and was like, "Let me make a quick buck off this one." Dude, but, deluxe Telecasters with humbuckers are my absolute shit. Sorry if I swear from time to time, but no, uh, <laughs> no, but like that is like to me the Keith Richards guitar, the Joe Perry guitar. So like for me, that is always like the like the crown jewel of rhythm playing and like nasty attitude laden guitar. So I, I love it. I'm a big fan. I'm definitely enjoyed learning it. Um, before we get back to basketball, I have to interject with something stupid. Nope. I recently learned that maybe everyone except me knew this, that um, Johnny Depp played Jack Sparrow as Keith Richards. Yes. <laughs> I didn't true. know that. I re- First of all, obviously like such a great rewatch, but rewatching it with that frame really changed the movie for me. Um, yeah. So I'm late to brought, that party, but well, what I a party. They brought Keith Richards in the third one for like a tiny cameo yeah, yeah. role just to kind of like shout that out. But yeah, no, Keith. Keith is a friend of the pod. We love Keith. Hope he uh, hope he continues to do his thing of living forever, which I'm not too worried about, to be honest. Keith's body heals itself. Did you know that he had a? I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, it heals itself. <laughs> he fell out of a coconut tree, yep. and that's how he quit doing cocaine. <laughs> well, didn't he also snort his dad's ashes at one point? He absolutely did that. He uh, <laughs> he consumed his energetic life force and incorporated it into his essence. Keith is a Keith is a beautiful genius. I love Keith Richards so much. He's my like musical inspiration. Like yeah. all the Keith. things about like survival and attitude and like living on your own terms and not taking shit from anybody is like that's just him. And I look at I look up to that so much. And it's like integrity as an artist. Keith is certainly a legend among legends. Um, I'm glad I brought this up. Yeah. So yeah, just sorry to kind of re to bring things back to hoops a little bit. Yeah, no, I think I, I gotta say I think the uh, the take of Danny butchered the draft is a little it, it, it's so so. We still need to kind of see more on Neesmith. I will say I yeah I am a big Sadiq Bay guy. I have been a big Sadiq Bay guy mm. for a little bit, and I was very sad to see the Celtics not take him on draft night. I. Uh, watch some footage of him, you know, in my kind of deep dive draft analysis of watching YouTube clips of guys five minutes before <laughs> the draft starts. Um, I, I watched a, a little bit of him and he gave me some Andre Iguodala vibes that I really, really Whoa, liked. That's quite a compliment. Yeah, not, I mean, he's not going to be as good as Andre Iguodala, but I think he's, he's a really good perimeter defender and apparently he can go five for five from deep. So I'm always. Man, gonna, he's. He's strong. He doesn't fear anything. He was going head to head. I mean, Jalen, after the game, went up to him and was like, all right, man, you got the shit. <laughs> like, yeah. like you, you just killed us, man. I and think he's uh, going to be a good player. Yeah, he's, he's got that look. Uh, how good, I don't know. But I think, like, uh, I think the thing is, like, when criticizing the draft and stuff like that, being open to cri- criticism and being, like, open to, like, different results and, like, I don't know. Maybe it was a bad draft. Maybe it wasn't. I just don't think we have enough information yet. Totally. I mean, that's completely fair. I I was, you know, I was all in on Mo Bamba at one point. I remember pretty distinctly that being a thing. Oh, (laughs) dude, we we all have, we all have, we all have our guys that we were just like so convinced of. I don't know about you. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of the ones that like, I really, really thought were going to be incredible. Um, I'm still hoping out, hoping that uh, James Young works out, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Wherever dude. he might be. I'm saying, man. I'm saying, man. He's got that sweet stroke, but just, uh, just give him some run. I don't know. I thought I thought Lonzo was going to be what Lamelo is now. Oh, Lamelo is so fucking good. And that and that isn't to say that isn't to say that Lonzo's bad. I just saw. I thought he had that like that that Magic Johnson joy yeah, that kind of Lonzo that Lamelo has. Yeah. And just watching Charlotte basketball for, uh, last year and this year because I watched their local broadcasts, um, it's just like night and day. You see Miles going up for these crazy dunks. Uh, Terry is like actualizing all the sick moves so he has good. in his bag. Yeah. It's just it's just fun watching Lamelo play and like how he like creates. Uh, Jackson Frank called him an elite events coordinator, and I think that's a good. <laughs> oh, that's sick. Awesome. I think that's a great, like, uh, just the essence of him. 
is that he makes things happen for others and himself. And it's so cool to watch. Yeah. You know, we were going to talk about this later in the pod, but since we're there, we may as well. Um, so Riffs, you're in North Carolina right now. You are something of a Celtics fan in exile. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. So, so what's the vibe down there? Catch any Hornets games lately? How are, how are Celtics South looking with all of those ex Celtics? Man, we've got a crew down here. I've got some really great people. I've gotten to my friends, Kevin and Brad, um, so many i've met so many people through this uh i got to hang out with uh tom westerholm who's a beat writer he came down to the game i've known tom for years and years and years and like in some weird way we started this whole like crazy journey out together and and i went my own insane path and he's like a legit professional journalist (laughs) and uh and uh but uh I've met so many people through this. I've had people, uh, my friend Rusty picked me up from Tennessee and we drove down to Atlanta for a game and stayed in like the hotel attached to the, uh, the, uh, what used to be Phillips arena. I'm trying to think what the name of it is. That's kind of inconsequential, but, uh, I've gotten to meet so many people through this and I've made friends here in North Carolina through it. And now there's like multiple former Celtics on the uh, Hornets and there's the best Hornet ever on the Celtics. So it's like this cool thing happening. Yeah. I've been following Terry Rozier's rise very closely in Charlotte. And I, man, I would, I would really love to have Terry Rozier on this Boston Celtics team. He is kicking. I mean, we talked about that last week and I feel like since then he's played himself out of that possibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just don't have the ammo for that one. I'm just happy for him because I think, Kemba's in a good place for Kemba and Terry's in a good place for Terry. Like I, I'm just happy for the guys who leave the team and hopefully like find their roles. I felt bad. Like I made jokes about it, but I felt at, bad for Al for it like not working because like, I don't know. I think he's just like a consummate team player. Yeah. And uh, I, I wish all of these guys success. I want to see them all do well. I'm glad Gordon's healthy this year. Uh, yeah. We had like, like it was such like, I have no problems with Gordon now. Like we've made, we've all made our jokes and we've all said this (laughs) or that or whatever, but like he went through a big thing with that injury and I'm happy that he's healthy now and playing to his abilities because we all knew he was a great player. Like he's a really good player. And uh, there was a psychological block with that injury. And I think that's lessening. And I think, I think Terry's just finding himself in like, like, you know, Michael Jordan loves that dude's oh, like yeah. whole demeanor <laughs> and his like swagger and his, uh, his just like, he's not afraid of anything and he's willing to let it fly at every moment. And he's just like unleashing all these Wade moves now that, you know, he's like <laughs> crafted so much loving Dwayne Wade. And, uh, it's just great to see him and Gordon ball out for Charlotte, who I think is going to be a formidable team going forward. They look tough, man. I mean, yeah, Mello has been excellent. Um, you know, I really, I've, I've actually kind of liked their frisky center rotation. Cody Zeller is looking kind of nice right now, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. He's a guy, he's a guy I always liked because I judge people on how they annoy Joel Embiid, who I think is just like <laughs> the MVP and the best player in the league right now. And Cody has always just irritated him to such an insane extent. And I think he's a really underrated player who when healthy adds a lot. Yeah. The, I. Uh... First of all, I agree. I mean, whether it's Gordon or Horford, I'm happy they got paid and I'm happy they're seemingly happy. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, man, this Hornets team. See, that's the thing about the doom and gloom that we, I think we're trying to smile our way through about the Celtics is there's this weird malaise around the entire NBA for me where I said this to Alex before. It feels like that first year when we really learned about CTE that it felt like I felt complicit in something incorrect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, as an American, you have to, you know, live with this cognitive dissonance that evil things are happening and you are paying money for it. Um, and there are a few teams, the Hornets maybe uh, headlining that list that are just so fun this year that are so interesting. Like the Knicks, the Knicks fucking mm. rock. Yeah. yeah. So fun. Uh, and again, I think the Celtics will be fine. They'll make some noise in the playoffs and they'll go as far as Jason and Jalen take them. But it's not as fun as like the Knicks or the Hornets or like even the Jazz who kind of grind my gears. I mean, I love Mike Connolly. So I wish we were having one of those seasons. And I'm really happy for the fans that are getting to have one of those in in a year that otherwise 
just like patently sucks. Yeah, man. Like I'm always, I just like to see like cool things happen in the league. Like that's mm-hmm. my thing. And it's like, I thought that moment, like Emmanuel quickly had with like Lou Williams, where he's like, you were one of my favorite players. Like yeah, that's that the shit so... I love to see. Or what about when Sexton stuff. just took it to the Nets? That felt so good. That oh, that was so cool, man. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just think like not to like buy into like the, and like, where amazing happens shit like but it it is kind of where amazing happens like (laughs) you know every night something crazy happens in the nba and that's like what i my coverage of the whole thing is i'm looking for these like moments of transcendence or hilarity or things like that and it's just cool seeing a lot of teams have that like collective ethos and develop their thing or have that collective energy where it's like something's bubbling here that's really cool and uh, I think, I think, like you said, like Charlotte's one of those teams. Uh, the Knicks being good is great for everybody because the Knicks are great to hate and they're great to have, like, just like blood sport, like knockout boxing style, like combat battles defensively with. And that's cool to me. Like, I, I just want to see every team be healthy through this because it's such an abnormal circumstance. And like you said, it's like, we're seeing the brutal business elements of this thing really laid bare and it's uncomfortable for a lot of us because like you can, you can put a smiley like social justice PR friendly thing on the league, but at the end of the day, it's a money-making enterprise and like it's discouraging to see that people are not valued as humans, but it's like money-making but that is what it is like on some level. So we have to reckon with that cognitive dissonance in what's the most humanistic and moral way to go through with this thing. I don't know. I don't have the answers. No. Uh, Adam, Adam Silver sure as shit don't. You know <laughs> what I mean? Nope. That's what's so uh, frustrating is the league. The NFL like rarely tries to sell you on that, that we are a, a force for good in this world. Yeah. They, I mean, they only recently mean. gave up their nonprofit status. Like at the NBA just, they puffed out their chest so hard this summer and they accomplished some really good and important things, but yes, it just day after day, whatever the NBA front office is up to, and it's not my money to spend. It's not my reputation. It's so much more complicated than anything I could conceive of, but it's just, I don't know. Somehow it's more of a kick in the teeth because I think the veneer of this is good for the world and we have the players backs and all that stuff was believable enough and that house of cards just really has come crashing down in the last few weeks yeah like uh i don't know like not to say like i think it's good when you illuminate social injustice i think like i think there's sometimes empty gestures in it what i say i'd rather celebrate the people i think did a great job uh which is like uh one i i really am proud of jalen not to like be like paternalistic or like anything like that I just think like what he did was so beautiful. Like when he and Brogdon went down to Atlanta totally. and uh, like, like seeing Kyrie get hammered, like he did for speaking about speaking out for player concerns really like sat wrong with me. And I think he's such a misunderstood person. And I think like, I, I, I just think, like, in speaking out for, like, what he perceived to be people becoming voiceless, he got hammered. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that a lot. No. And, the, uh, Kyrie and the I, disruptor was just awful, man. so beyond the pale. Yeah, I and I think, like, he when he was on the Celtics, he said, like, his, his mission was to heal people and to heal himself. And sometimes... He goes about it the wrong ways. I mean, <laughs> shit, I've gone about things the wrong way my entire life and I'm learning. You know what I mean? We're all finding our like personal, whatever our truth is and stuff like that. And to see him get hammered in like the public spotlight, like being like, oh, my mental health isn't great. And then people are like judging him. That, that shit sucks, man. Yeah. And then to see that and then to also see the kind of disproportionate reaction of support and positivity for Kevin Love was a very strange moment of cognitive dissonance no yeah i think think this this pod is definitely among the more pro Kyrie celtics pods out there i don't think i'm being insane when i'm saying that oh yeah like 
I mean, I had my moments when he was on the team of personal frustration just because, like, I didn't like the idea of blaming just the young guys. Mm-hmm. And shit, I've blamed fucking everybody in my life for my own <laughs> problems. So, like, in a moment of frustration, I think it got, like, with the nature of our media to latch onto one thing and want to be like, oh, he said this. Let's, he's just this one thing. Like, we're all shades of light and dark. We're all shades of good and bad. We all have our good moments and bad moments. And I think, like, every time he has a bad moment, he gets blasted, and then people don't look at all the good he does. Yeah. I mean, I think also that we put these people on such a pedestal that... Yeah. I mean, your choices as a basketball player, we can... We are, I guess privy to take apart because that's kind of the contract between the fans, the media and the player. And so you gave up against the bucks and that sucked, right? We can talk about that till kingdom come, but the way that we, I mean, I gave up in college. I quit my last semester. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you're excused. You're on his side. Uh, Yeah, man, I get it. But just sometimes sometimes you just get tired and you don't want to deal with it. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, and even when, yeah, when you fail on the basketball court, if it is for personal reasons or not, that's excusable too, because it's just a game where people Mm -hmm. shoot a ball. But yeah, the ways that, I don't know, maybe again, I, I, maybe I'm projecting that there's something icky or off about this season. And I think bigger, I just, maybe the recognition from kind of the, the vanguards of, of coverage, whether it's ESPN or The Athletic or whatever. I, I just feel like we keep losing sight of the things that are should be more important this season. And so, yeah, when we talk about Kyrie, I mean, first of all, the basketball has been spectacular. Kyrie has been balling. But Kyrie the person has been more important than an athlete should be. Um, mm. And it's just like, Man, you know, if he says something cool, take note of it. If he says something dumb, take note of it. But move on with your life. He's just one guy in Brooklyn yeah. who plays basketball. He's not he's not like running for Senate or anything. Yeah. If he's like, for Senate, yet. that would be wild. Yet. We'll see. Dude, I I'd vote for I I voted for Cal Cunningham on the strength of his sex. Like <laughs> <laughs> No, like uh no, like uh okay, so Kyrie said something about uh opening your mind to different possibilities that was uh anti science cool i've said stupid things he also was like with the indigenous people of the sioux tribes in standing rock when nobody else was mm-hmm. and then people bash him on the saging or make light of it and that like ridiculous all of us all of us are learning new things culturally in 2020 2021 that we haven't been like uh, exposed to like in our sheltered existence like our consciousness is expanding we're learning more about racial and social justice and uh, I think he's been misunderstood in that I think he has said a lot of beautiful things about like like he was with the water protectors he was against the Dakota access pipeline which could poison their water and like is against their uh, like their tribal sovereignty right. and I think I think that's great him saying that he's a him saying that maybe the earth is flat like in just like making kind of a clumsy point does that like wipe out the good thing he said i don't think so because i no, think I we're think all so. humans and we all i mean i say stupid shit fucking every day of the week <laughs> right well i yeah. think also again bill russell who we mentioned at the top really has transcended sports and so he might actually think, be a, a national figure he I might He's maybe one of, one of like, the – I mean, if you're talking about sports, I think he's the most – not just because – I mean, like, I have a bias. Like, I want to say, like, this guy is great because he's a Celtic, but he's great because of who he is as a human being, first and foremost, and the things he uh, suffered through. Not to lionize suffering because it's awful that anybody goes through that, mm-hmm. but I think the way, like, the dignity and the grace with which he navigated things throughout his entire life – and like just everything about him is like what you want to be as a person. Yeah, Bill is the man. My first piece that I wrote for OTG was heavily intertwined with Bill Russell, and he's oh, I remember that. such a great force for uh, the world and for this team. Speaking of this team, I do want to <laughs> ultimately redirect to the initial question of this pod, which is uh, how do we unfuck the Celtics vibe? Um, 
I have a couple yes. on that, but I, I think Riffs, we, we'd love to hear from the vibe master himself. What do the Celtics need to do to unfuck these vibes? All right. Number one, when Jalen <laughs> when when Jalen is hot, do not ice the man. Mm-hmm. He is he is the best binge scorer I've ever seen in the like with the Celtics, other than IT. I have like even IT, I've never seen like like when Jalen gets hot, not only is he hot. He's bulldozing guys and he's efficient and like, it just feels like an unstoppable force. So when he's in it, let's not worry about roles or egos or anything like that. Let's just ride that man's hot hand. Uh, I think that's, if you guys have input into that or like oh, agree absolutely. with it, or I'd love to hear what you think about Jalen is like a, a big time. So streak scorer. Yeah. Alex, you go. Sure. Um, Jalen Brown is my favorite uh, basketball player alive. Same. And Same. Yeah. He, so he's my favorite basketball player alive. He's probably my third favorite human alive, maybe fourth. Um, and uh, I totally agree. I mean, I think so. Jalen has been playing an absurd number of like high importance minutes for this team. And while I am worried about his knees and the impact that those minutes are taking on him, I think it's undeniable that. When Jalen gets hot, this team reaches a different gear. And I think everybody has done a pretty decent job of playing off of him when he is hot. But I totally Mm -hmm. agree, empowering him to be more of a playmaker, to generate more of the offense through him is uh, a huge part of this team's identity going forward for the next few years. And the more he can get involved, the better. Yeah. I um, I just looked up. Uh, Brown's minutes per game and it's actually less than it was last year which is surprising to me um, his assists are up I don't I don't know who a basketball reference mans the nickname section but oh god the listed nicknames for Jalen Brown are JB and old man <laughs> he's an old soul man he's like when you listen to him talk he has so much wisdom beyond his years and I I, I like that but JB right, is old man it is old man <laughs> Oh man, man. <laughs> All right. So after um, letting Jalen uh, kind of unleash the beast a little more, what else is on your list of uh, unfucking the Celtics vibes? Uh, let everybody get healthy and let everybody get their legs under them. And uh, maybe, I mean, I've, I've been so hard on Tristan and Teague, like brutally so because I like can see what they can add. And like, I don't know, they didn't play for a year. Kemba didn't, get an off season and his knee was hurt. He heard it playing in an all-star game, playing too many minutes and like from years and years of like playing through stuff. So like, I think like we lived through, we lived through Hayward and survived it, getting him like reintegrated. So I think we can live through that and reintegrate him and be better for it. And it gives like the Jays an opportunity to like really strut and show their shit and like get their numbers because like they've they've sacrificed in the past for the betterment of the team and this is like the first year where they can go out and get a lot so uh to just like be easy on those guys who are coming back from injury because one it's brutal right now and two it just takes time and it was a truncated off season yeah i think tristan i mean everyone has said this ad nauseum that he's just playing himself into shape so i'm willing to to be more patient with him and to that end a little bit of post scoring would would kind of be a nice thing to see for the celtics to slow things down uh teague i'm a big jeff teague fan i have been for a long long time but we we are teague fans here i get mad at i get so mad at jeff i (laughs) (laughs) it's because we care it's because we care it's true. Because I, I want to see him do better, man. It's like when all my family members used to get mad at me when I get like wasted and shit. <laughs> no, like uh, exactly no, I, like that. <laughs> like I just want to see him not look Jalen off when Jalen's hot. That's it. Just don't yeah. do that. Because, I will like there was there was one possession that I like it's it like psychically psychically wounded me where Jalen had just made like three or four baskets and got a stop and he was just like flexing on everybody. And Jeff like saw him calling for it on the wing and is like, no, I have to do this. And he looked at Ben Simmons <laughs> and he starts, no, he starts dribbling. It just 
like loses the ball and fucking falls down. Yeah, and he just I, looks at the ball, <laughs> and like Simmons just takes off, and I'm like, "What are you doing, man?" Like, I remember that possession actually. That was tough to watch. It, it like broke my brain, and like I don't want to. I don't want to have that possession like ever happen again. It was like an unholy like. It was. It was like supernaturally bad. I've never seen anything like it in my life. That's this is all true. I will say when Jeff Teague gets the unexpected Jeff Teague steal that happens every now and then, that is always a very amusing moment to me. Oh no, it's great. That's a <laughs> my my, fr- my friend Mr. Deals local dingus has like so many great uh Teague bits going and it's always like this Teague man Jeff steal you. Uh <laughs> I don't know. It's just, he's like He's like totally chaotic right now. Like he, he's shooting twenty percent at the rim and like fifty percent from three. Like none of it makes sense, and it's just like every time it happens, it totally like inverts my perspective of like gravity. Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me, man. So um, at the top of the pod, you mentioned um, we we, t- we kind of touched briefly on the TPE, and then. Uh, didn't revisit it, but I want to get back to that now. So uh, who are the Riftsman approved TPE candidates that could help get the vibes right? Uh, I try to think like in realistic terms, uh, like there are going to be some owners I mean, who are cheaper than the other. I stare at Jerry Reinsdorf whenever I say that because he likes <laughs> to like, take his, he likes to sell second round picks and like use it for the White Sox. So I was thinking like Thaddeus Young would be really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Thad Young agenda. I'm all Alex in. is so into that. <laughs> like one, like one, I would love to see him be a part of a winner because he just has like such a vibe about him that he'll do whatever it takes. Like he'll he'll guard up, he'll play anybody like at his size, he'll make kick out passes off of great rebounds and stuff like that. And I think he could spray it out to shooters in a way that would be really conducive to team success. Like the game where uh, Jalen and Jason were just like making every pass against Toronto. Yeah, I think I think Thaddeus off of broken plays could add a lot. Thad, I have been a big Thad guy since like his Philly days. That dude, same, just, same. Yeah. <laughs> that dude just brings it every night. He just has a bunch of different tools. He's like not exceptional at any one thing. He's just very good at everything, which I mm-hmm. really, really like. So I think it would be a great fit. Anybody else stand out? Uh, I was thinking like the Canner one, like realistic shooting options, like maybe a Wayne Ellington, something like that. Uh, somebody on a somebody on a team where it's like, yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, uh, and uh, it would be good veteran know how. Like they, he's been through the fire with a bunch of different teams, and he also lit up Philly a couple of times. So I was like, sure. okay, we could use some spot shooting off the bench. Riff, speaking of the Ennis Gator TPE, this might change because of the Anthony Davis situation. But Markeith Morris fell out of the Lakers rotation as of late. What would you think of bringing Markeith Morris? To Boston and dude, dude, yeah. let's get let's <laughs> let's get a Morris get to the finals and and face them off and let the Morrises decide the NBA final. Yeah. <laughs> dude, my, my my vision of like the ultimate like dramatic NBA finals is the Morris twins like alphaing every member on their team <laughs> and just be like like Jason, no, Kawhi, Paul, George, fuck off, I'm shooting here and like. And having it be like the most incredible like like moment of like ego reckoning in the history of NBA basketball among guys who like should not be shooting but absolutely will. It's gonna be yeah. wild to guys watch. who should maybe be out of the rotation for a reason. Yeah. Dude, shout out shout out to Marcus too. He had a he had twenty six and a half last night. He just wow. went at, Yeah, yeah, against <laughs> cool. Miami. And like my my thing is like now that my my new riff is that every time he used to use playing against Paul George as like his main motivation because he was pissed off about a Gatorade commercial that used his image without his consent. Wow! Like it was, <laughs> like it, so was it was it was clearly Marcus that. Morris like his number in Detroit and everything, and Paul George hits the shot over him and says, was, "Ball wait, game was this and the, shit." This was the ball game commercial. This was, was the ball game. Dude, this was the ball game commercial. 
And he hit like four game winners over Paul George for us in like the span of a year or two, <laughs> like a year and a half. And he, OOT tonight. <laughs> and so, and so now, now my thing is like he's telling himself that different players who wear a headband like Paul George used to are Paul George. So he saw, so he saw Mar- Mo Harkless wearing the Paul George headband. He's like, all right, I'm taking it to him like he's Paul George. <laughs> nice. Like, <laughs> so that's that's my new thing. He's always looking for motivation and stuff. I like it. That's good stuff. That's a deep cut. I appreciate Damn. it. Last night, I this is so embarrassing. I started the wire for the first time. Oh no, dude! I, I, yeah, well, I I, congratulations to you. You're in for a thrill ride. Well, so anyways, I almost paused so that I could watch the Heat Clippers game, and then I was like, "There's no way this is a good basketball game. I'm just going to keep watching the wire." But <laughs> what did you say? Twenty six first half points. Yeah, yeah. He hit like six threes, just absolutely raining hell on I'll everybody. Never, I'll never have that moment again. <laughs> <laughs> you will when Marcus Morris takes 18 shots. Five Dude, wait and, wait until the Clippers and Celtics play in Boston. I bet that game. Oh my every God. game every game we play the Clippers is just like must-see television. I guarantee it's going to be just a shootout. That's well, true. Play, I'll double-check. They play in six games, I think. Yep. Yeah, the Jays really measure themselves against George and Kawhi, I think. I That's, love it. Yeah, it's cool to watch. I well, think, to uh, me, they're think... T-Mac and uh, uh, Vince Carter reincarnated. Yeah, yep. that, that feels very apropos. I think, uh, or no, that, accurate. I sometimes Maybe forget words. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, my brain just functions occasionally. But, uh, but what I was thinking is like... Uh, I think Pop threw the gauntlet down with Jason and Jalen when they were with Team USA. I know for a fact that he threw the gauntlet down with Jason and it's like, yeah. you're Kawhi. Yeah. Like, you can be that on every single possession. And so in those games since then, you can really see them like they want it real bad against those two guys specifically. And that's beautiful. I think that, that I think you're, you're at your best when you take those challenges. Definitely. All right, so uh, we're coming probably to the end of this episode, but uh, before we go, I just wanted to say, um, Riffs, if you have any advice for some of the more worried souls on Weird Celtics Twitter, what would it be in these troubling times? Team success or failure is not about like our like who we are as people i don't know like like our mental health doesn't have to be tied to it it was for me for a long time and now i'm doing like meditation and stuff and kind of disconnecting a little bit but like i don't know like every move working or not working is not like a referendum on everything that we've ever done in life like as a team or as people or whatever like that i don't know this is not the year for me to like beat down on our guys i don't think and it like I, I had to have my own sudden realization about that. Like, like me bitching about Jeff Teague is like not going to make him play better. Like, <laughs> I can joke, <laughs> I can joke about it for comic relief, but it's just not going to make the situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so to try to have fun and to try to like build each other up in the community and have fun that way, because like I don't know, like like I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I snap at people, and I think we all get a little bit snappy with how things are right now. And uh, the better we can treat each other, the better it's got, all going to work out. I love Sage that. wisdom. Very zen. And yeah, you have two teachers on the horn here. We loved that. There you go. Thank yeah. you. I'll tell my students. The riffs man says, relax, baby. <laughs> and, and you guys deserve to be paid more for fucking teaching. Just in oh, general. You're too kind. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no. For but real, I won't man. say my, no. my mom was a teacher and like, I don't know, just like. I don't know. I'm appreciative for people who dedicate themselves to that. So, well, well thank you, Riffs man. We appreciate you. This was this was a blast. Yeah, I had great a lot of fun. fun. And you know, when I when uh, I'm watching Nikola Jokic just lope his way into forty and fifteen or whatever he's going to have tonight against Tristan Thompson and Rob, I'm going to think of this pod and the Zen Sage wisdom that you just dropped. And I'm telling just- you. Oh, my, my other thing for the C's, let Robert be Robert. He's going to yes. make mistakes, but he's also going to do some absolutely mind-bending things like that behind the back <laughs> dunk the other night. God, and like sick. tonight, tonight, watch for him against Jokic. He, he's, he, Jokic will get him a couple times with fouls, but I've seen him give Nikola in some like really big runs that we've had against them some issues. So 
look for him to have a decent night tonight, I think. Would be I sweet. hope so. I hope he gets some burn. Jokic is one of my favorite players in the league. He, so I, I think he's the second best player in the league. I think the two best players in the league right now are Embiid and Jokic. Yeah, the death of the big man, my ass. That's sick. I love that. No, thing. they're just they're just evolving, man. Yeah, that's true. All, All right, right well, Justin, Justin, happy birthday. Thanks for yes. editing this. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. I hope to meet you if we do this again. Absolutely. Hey, anytime, man. Um, so let's let's uh, do the do the spiel and then we'll get out of here. So you can find the pod on most podcatcher apps. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, all the places where you listen to stuff for the most part. Uh, please throw us a subscription so that you make sure to never miss an episode. We will continue to get on great guests and talk about the state of the Celtics and the world and maybe some sweet guitar licks every now and then. Uh, if you like what you hear, please be sure to rate us five stars wherever you can. Uh, if you don't, uh, or if you have a suggestion, make sure to let us know, but please be, uh, don't be too mean or else we won't read it and we'll just be sad. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, what else? Um, if you want to uh, talk about us on Twitter, make sure to throw the hashtag C-L-P-O-D. We are always trying to get our audience a little bigger and to expand to as many corners of the internet as we can so we can bring you deepest ties into Celtics coverage. Cam, Riffs, anything that we want to plug before we go? No, I'm just going to steal the Patriot Riffs book. I'm just going to plug good vibes and being nicer to people. It's a great plug. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's all I got to say, man. Is I'm... I'm <laughs> Uh, grateful you guys had me on. You guys do a really excellent job with this. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.